0: The following episode was recorded in 2021. Let's jump in. Let's do this. All right, he or Hebrews. Wow, it's too early. First Corinthians chapter seven. Today, um, it should be good. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the daily podcast. We are almost halfway through the book of First Corinthians. And we're right in the midst of this section where Paul's dealing with specific issues in the church. Uh, the Corinthian church was, they were a mess. They were very immature. And ironically enough, uh, they boasted of being uh, mature and super spiritual. But Paul is having to deal with some very um, immature behaviors in the church. Um, And chapter seven, uh, a lot of people believe he's kind of addressing specific questions. Like, uh, as we said earlier, there was correspondence that went on um, back and forth between Paul and the church. And so uh, in some of the ways that he um, addresses and brings up different issues, uh, one gets the impression that maybe he's working off of a list. Like there's a list of issues that they've requested he address. And so he kind of is going through this litany of um, different issues and circumstances related to marriage and singleness um, and what one should do um, related to those issues. Good morning. All right. We're uh, going to try one more time, see if I can share this on Facebook. I still don't see it. So um, to share it on my personal page. Do, 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 do. Well, well, you guys will have to share it for me. All right. Here we go. First uh, Corinthians chapter seven. You guys know what we do every day. We read, we pray, we change the world. So. So now for the matters you wrote about, they asked him some, they wrote about him some questions, some questions. Paul, we need your help on this. Give us some insight on this. And so on the matters you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. That's what they said. So um, the idea of, uh, is it better just to abstain? And um, so Paul's going to address that question first. But since, because remember, Paul talked about you know there's no uh, you know the sexually immoral, the sexually immoral will not um, inherit the kingdom of God. So he's Paul. So they're saying, well, is it better just for a man not to have a sexual relationship with a woman at all, just to be celibate? Um, Paul says, verse two. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife. Ball says, conversely, actually quite the opposite, because sexual immorality is so per- pervasive, you should have sexual relations with your wife and each woman with her husband. Because if, you know, getting his point. He's like, man, if you, because you, you're going to, if you don't, if you're not, um, having sexual relationships within the marriage bed, you're gonna start looking outside the bedroom. You're gonna start look start looking outside the marriage, and that's where sexual morality happens. So Paul says you should. Verse three. <laughs> I hope you guys are ready for this one this morning. <laughs> uh, y- y'all ready? Um verse 7 or no no that's not right verse uh 3 the husband we're in chapter 7 the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband what duty is that sexual that's what he's talking about the uh the husband should fulfill his sexual marital duty all right i'm 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 here to fulfill my marital duty <laughs> Every guy, every husband's like, "Oh shoot! All right, <laughs> never." <laughs> All right, I'm just, I'm just here to fulfill my marital duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's it's so hard, so hard being a husband, so difficult. Oh man and likewise the wife to her husband now some ladies they may be that way i don't know i'm just saying um verse four the wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband in the same way the husband does not have authority over his own body but yields it to his wife um yeah our uh, we belong to each other right husbands and wives belong to each other that's Paul's point. So um, fulfill your duty. You know who you are. You you know you know who you are you listening. fulfill your duty because your spouse is praying that you will uh, I, I digress. Um, our bodies belong to each other at so this point verse 5 do not do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control um Paul saying you know uh if as, as a couple you may decide to fast from from sex you may, de- you may decide to fast from sexual relations to pray <laughs> Oh lord Jesus make the time go fast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry y'all. Good morning. Good morning everybody. Welcome to the daily podcast. We don't always talk about these things only when the word of God brings them up. And today's one of those days. Um so uh but yeah, as a couple you may honestly, you may just like you fast from other things, um food, drink, um entertainment, whatever, um, to, to focus on prayer. You may as a couple decide, you know, we're going to, we're going to fast from, from sexual relationships. We're not going to have sex as we focus on the Lord together. We're going to pray. Um, so you can do that, but you know, um, as a rule, as a rule, don't deprive each other. Don't deprive each other. Um, but why? Because, because of what? Don't deprive each other because uh, because Satan is gonna start tempting you. Satan's gonna start tempting you. If you if you keep if you if you um, deprive each other for too long, Satan gonna start tempting you, and you'll not be able to keep your you're not maintain self control. You'll again going back to the other sexual morality. You'll start looking outside other ways to fulfill your sexual needs if you deprive each other for too long someone asked me one time is it okay in, in marriage to fast from sex i was like yeah make sure you agree on it because <laughs> if one of you fast you're both fasting so make sure make sure your your spouse is on the same page it's like wait wait wait, i didn't fast what you two's fasting i'm not fast. you fasting? i ain't fasting so just make sure you're on the same page Welcome, everybody. We're talking about important spiritual matters brought to us from the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, that's where we're at. And you think, in case you think we're making this stuff up, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all were as I am. I must believe that um, Paul was uh, single at this time. Now, there is... Uh, suggested evidence that at some point Paul was married, um, because, um, it's, you know, Paul was a, had, had, was a, um, and there's there's no proof of this, just some, some, some textual evidence of this in the Bible, um, that Paul was, uh, had, had, a, had attained a, a high level in the, um, in, in the Jewish community. And it was a, it was expected uh, for Jewish men at the age of 20 to be married. It was, just do it. Um, and so uh, to be a full, to be a leader in a Jew, the Jewish community, you you were married. Um, and so it's uh, there's some evidence in Scripture and Acts and, acts and other places that Paul was uh, a member of the Sanhedrin, which is a governing body of the Jewish community. And to be a member of the Sanhedrin, you had to be married. So, so, you know, whether he was or was not, uh, is not a, you know, we're not hundred percent sure right here. It seems that he was not married at this point, but, um, there is some evidence that perhaps at, uh, a point he was. Um, so anyway, when he says, I wish that all were as I am, there's no doubt that in this situation, he's talking about he's, he's single, but each of you has your own gifts from God. One has this gift. One has, and another has that. He's not saying everybody, everybody, he's not saying, he's saying very clearly. Not everyone needs to be like me. Not everyone needs to be single. Not everyone needs to be celibate. Verse 8. Now to the unmarried and to the widows. It's a nice time to those people who are, uh, you know, they're single. Either because uh, they've been married or because their spouse has uh, passed on. It is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. So stay as you are, but if they cannot control themselves, and you know who you are, <laughs> and what's he talking about? Sexual control. That's what he's talking about, guys. He's talking about that. He's saying if you can, look, look, if you just if you just know you just know you gotta you gotta have it, you gotta have it. Then you need to get married. You need to get married. You can't be staying. You can't be just. You can't be staying single. It ain't going to be good for you. You're going to be always looking for something. Instead of trying to pursue your walk with Jesus, you're going to be trying to trying to look for something. So it's good for them to, to stay unmarried, as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is very, better to marry than to burn with passion. Every 20-year-old that got married said that. Amen, brother. Amen. At 20 years old, I didn't get married. It's better to get married than burn with passion. <laughs> good day, everybody. Uh, verse 10 to the married i give you this command so you're married a wife must not separate from her husband but if she does she he's me talking to two christian spouses here to the married i give this command not i but the lord now here's something for you to think about now just because paul says it's not i but the lord does that mean this isn't inspired by god Is this just his own personal opinion, not the Lord? I tend to not think so. I think this is still something that we should consider um, instruction from the Lord. I I think maybe he's saying that he never, Jesus himself, like when Jesus walked this earth, he never heard him specifically teach on this, or there's no record of Jesus specifically teaching on this. But as Paul is delivering it to us, I think in a, in a, in a, in a, a significant way this is the word of god this is what god would would uh would guide and direct you may disagree that's my opinion on that it's it's open it's open for speculation so he says not i but the lord a wife must not separate from her husband to christian a christian wife shouldn't separate from her christian husband but if she does she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband and a husband must not divorce his wife so two Christians, if you separate, you still got to act like you're married. You still, you're still married. You're still bound in the eyes of God. Verse 12. To the rest, I say, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife <clears throat> who is not a believer, so a Christian man with an unbelieving wife, um, and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. Okay, so God gets saved, finds Jesus. He's married to someone who doesn't know Jesus. What are, you, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? He's supposed to just go find him a Christian wife now? No, sir. Uh-uh. No, sir. No, sir. You can't be uh you can't be disposing of your wife because so you can get a Christian wife. She just happened to be 10 years younger. Don't even play with me. <laughs> Um, yeah, he said, no, you get saved. Jesus grabs your old nasty heart, changes you, puts new life in you and you and and you're married and she hasn't quite come to Jesus. That's your that that's your problem. You got to love her. You got to respect her. You might lead her to you might lead her to Jesus. She loved you when you were when you was lost in sin. She gonna still love you when you love Jesus. Then you got to love her right back. You got to love her right back. a wife so yeah um if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him he must not divorce her if she can put up with your christian music then you can put up with her <laughs> <clears throat> um verse 14. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through, wait, I'm sorry, verse three. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer, same thing. You go to a women's retreat, you find Jesus, your husband, he back home, he don't know, He just watching football. He had no idea what you had doing at that retreat. He just knows he's got a weekend free to watch football. But you come back, you're all on fire for Jesus. He's like, what happened? What happened i thought you were going to a women meeting now you come back fired up for jesus and you're like and she's like i don't know if i can just i can take him he don't love jesus i like i do of course not because he hasn't had your experience she's like but she must not divorce him don't divorce him just because he don't love jesus for the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her unbelieving husband now, this doesn't mean they're saved it doesn't mean that you know soul. like if you get saved you're married to an unbeliever because you're saved they're saved that's not what that means that means that they're going to receive some blessings in their lives because they're they're uh, connected to you because god shows favor to his children he blesses his children good and perfect gift every good and perfect gift comes from the father above right it comes from the lord so your your spouse is going to receive some blessings and and see the goodness of god because of your own salvation same way with the children otherwise your children will be unclean but as it as it is they are holy they're gonna see they're gonna see the goodness of god too verse 15 but if the unbeliever leaves so christian married to an unchristian that unchristian leaves let it be so let him go the brother or sister is not bound in such a circumstance god has called us to live in peace how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? How do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? I've seen this a lot, man. I know, but I think I could change them. I think I could save them. If I just if if I stay with them. Now they don't they done they done left them like five times. Had all these affairs, broke up with them, did all kind of craziness, but they love Jesus. I, I know, but I love Jesus. And if I just keep loving him, if I just keep loving, maybe I can help him find Jesus. I could, I can save him. Well, maybe. But you also you may be setting yourself up for a life full of heartache. The point here is. Uh, Biblically, you're not obligated to keep them. The unbeliever leaves, you let him leave. You have permission to do that. Verse 17. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them. So however God found you, live like a believer in that situation. If God finds you, find you when you're single, live live for Jesus single. If God finds you when you're married, live for Jesus if you're married. If, G- if Jesus finds you when you have an unbelieving spouse, live for Jesus with your unbelieving spouse. This is the rule I laid out in all the churches. That's what Paul, Paul taught everywhere. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. God, you know, God found you like you are. Was a man, uh, he should not be, circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's command is what counts. Each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. Were you a slave when you were called? Do not let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. He's talking to slaves now, right? Like if God saves you when you're a slave, don't let it trouble you. Don't like, oh, man, how can I do? Look, just serve God with all your heart. If you can get free, get free. I love that. For the one who was a slave when God when called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's freed person. Similarly, the one who was free when Christ when called is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves to human beings. Brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation they were when God called them particularly talking to married couples, right? This is specifically and more, probably more pronounced than any just to uh, to married couples. Like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Well, you just need God. God found you right where you were, so he can work with you right where you're at. You don't have to become something else so that he can work with you. He can work with you right where you are. Verse 25. Now, again, he's talking. Now he's going to talk about something else. Now, this this particular part, now about virgins. Okay. Now, what he's talking about here is talking to dads remember in that culture um uh, marriages were arranged and so the question then well what as a dad what do i do with my daughter now like should should i you know because of jesus and the end of time and like jesus is coming soon and we should be focused on jesus and not all this other stuff should i even should i even give my daughter in marriage what should i uh and that's what the, i mean that was they were that's who, that's who paul is referring to when he's referring to about the virgins, about your, your daughters. So now about virgins. I have no command from the Lord, but I give, I give a judgment as one who, by the Lord's mercy, is trustworthy. Because of this present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from a, such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you've not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. So if it's okay. You're not doing wrong if you give your daughter to be married, of course. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. So, you know, there's complications with marriage. (laughs) How many of you know that? It's work. Verse 29. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they do did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it was not theirs to keep. Those who uh, use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Again, he's saying we need to be single-minded in our love and devotion for the Lord. We need to be single-minded in our love and devotion for the Lord. And these, all these things are can distract. So we have to live with an intentional focus. So if we add other distractions to our lives, other things to our lives, we just have to be intentional about remaining focused on the Lord. If we're married, yes, you're gonna have to consider your spouse's needs, um, not just your own. You know, it's not just about what God wants you to do, it's about what does God want us to do. And so that's that, that adds a layer of complication in obeying God. Um, the more things you have, the more stuff you accumulate, you start having to worry about all these things and stuff, rather than what does God want me to do? So don't be entrapped in those things. Don't be engrossed in those things. You know, hold all things loosely, in a sense, is what Paul's reminding us. I would like you to be free from concern. I'd like you to not have to worry about anything, but how can I please God? That would That's what I would like. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. So a single person, all they got to worry about is themselves and Jesus. <laughs> but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided an unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the lord's affairs her aim is to be devoted to the lord in both body and spirit but a married woman is concerned about not just the uh, is concerned about the affairs of this world how she can and how she can please her husband i am saying this for your own good not to restrict you but that you may live in a right way in an un, undivided devotion to the lord that's his point that's the main point paul's desires that we live in with undivided devotion to the lord and but there are some things just based on our human desires we have to we have to um, satisfy and provide for. So what whatever you what, how, whatever your makeup is, the ultimate goal is to have the most undivided devotion to the Lord that you can possibly have. That's the point. And for some, if you know if most heterosexual people, you, you're going to have to get married because that's going to divide your focus. You're going to always be looking for someone. So you need to get married so that you can, again, refocus on the Lord. If anyone is worried about what might not be acting honorably toward the virgin he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do so as he wants. He's not sinning. Getting married, you're not sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So it's okay. Maybe you change your mind. You get, you get engaged and you're like, you know what? I'd rather just live a celibate life and live devoted to God. That's okay. So then he who marries the virgin does right, and the one who does not marry does right, as long as they're they're doing it for the Lord. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if the husband dies, she's free to marry anyone she wishes. But he must belong to the Lord. Marry a Christian person. A believing wife. Widow is instructed here to bel- to marry a believing man. Verse forty. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is, i.e., unmarried. And I think that I too have the spirit of God. He's like like me. I feel. I think I feel like I'm unmarried. You know, I'm single right now. I feel like the spirit of God's working in me. So I would recommend you say that way. All right, A lot, lot we covered today. A lot. A lot about marriage and celibacy and sexual desire and being unequally yoked. Like, don't do that. Don't be unequally yoked. What do you do if your spouse is unsaved and you are saved, and or vice versa? What do you do? Lots well, of good practical instruction for um, all of us. All right, you guys. Thanks for being on today. Let's uh, let's pray. You know, what we do. We read. We pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Um, and lord we're reminded that um of how you've created us you created us as relational sexual beings and intended for healthy god-honoring relationships and so lord i pray that in each uh, marriage that's represented um, each household that's represented each uh, person uh, whether they're single or widowed uh, whatever station in life they are in today lord i pray for fulfillment i pray for peace i pray for uh an undivided devotion to you uh and so whatever is needed in our lives so that that can take place I pray it for each and every one of us today Lord I pray for um our children this week Lord as many of them go back to school today some tomorrow some started yesterday pray for your guidance and your protection over them Lord that they would have a great first week and a great school year be with all those who work in the schools faculty staff teachers administration um, everyone. Um, Lord, may you just encourage them, help them to see the, the importance of their work and how much we appreciate and love them. Lord, thank you for my friends today. I pray you'd bless them and encourage them. May they have a great day uh, in fellowship and uh, in uh, in commune uh, communion with you. We love you and give you thanks for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day today. Thank you for being part of this. Tomorrow, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. You think that was crazy? Stop chapter 7. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about food sacrifice to idols. What? Yeah, we want to talk about food sacrifice to idols. What does that have to do with us? Well, we'll find out. It actually does have quite a bit to do with us. So let's we'll, uh, we'll dive into that tomorrow. All right, you guys. Have a great day. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast.